Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yes, indeed. Good morning. I am joined this morning by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Teresa, good to hear from you. Good morning. Good morning, Denny. It's great to be with you today. You know what else is great? Uh, thank you, Teresa, is the sound of rain when I woke up this morning. Boy, did we need wasn't, it, at least in our neighborhood. <laughs> wasn't that delicious? They didn't need it up in Randall, but I uh, hope everybody's no. okay up there. Hope everybody's okay up in that, that area. A lot of rain there, and uh, we yeah. expect uh, maybe a few more showers here in the Twin Cities area till uh, maybe a little after lunch or so, and then uh, then clearing skies. Beautiful day tomorrow. We'll talk weather, of course, as we always like to do on these uh, weekend shows. This is our Smart Garden Show, which means if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, you may ask that uh, of Teresa either by phone or by text. Just one number for either a phone call or a text question, 651-461-9226. What's been happening in your garden since we spoke last, Teresa? Well, the weeds are getting quite large, oh. which is wonderful. The um, the squirrels are thinking that they should eat all of the fruit before it ripens, which is quite wonderful. Uh, and it's been hotter than blazes. So that's what's been happening in my garden, Denny. How's your garden well, growing? Well, actually, the weeds, I don't know if I've ever seen more weeds uh, having such a great year. <laughs> and I remember Julie Weisenhorn saying the same thing. Uh, weeds, weeds, it's a, it's a constant. I mean, if you weed one day, it's like the next day you're back at it. You're uh, back at it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. What What is the secret? I want to talk a little bit, if I may, about, because we always, as you know, get a lot of questions about tomato plants, growing tomatoes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is, is there a secret? I mean, I was looking at a video the other day about um, snipping... Uh, the uh, suckers, suckers and yeah, and mm-hmm. and, and and trimming off certain uh, yep. leaves that aren't necessary. Now, what 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 do you know? I mean, what do you trim mm-hmm. and what don't you trim? Okay, so there's all kinds of great things about tomato plants. First of all, when you plant your tomato, you take off some of the bottom leaves and you plant it deeper. That's about the only plant in the world, or maybe except a clematis, that you're ever going to plant deeper than it came to you in the pot. So remember, you want to plant it deeper because along its stem, it will send out roots, adventitious roots, and you'll have more roots gathering more nutrition to make your plant bigger. Next of all, Uh, Keep it evenly moist, so don't let the tomato dry out, especially when it's starting to put fruit on, because it needs all those roots that it's now growing. It needs all those roots to go out and get all the the, um, 
all of the uh, food that it needs to make that tomato. So if you don't water frequently or water regularly, the roots die, and then the plant can't produce the fruit perfectly. So you get what's called blossom end rot. And that's just because the root, there wasn't enough roots in the soil to bring enough of the nutrients that it needed, especially calcium. So our soils have plenty of calcium. You don't normally have to add it. It's just, and if you get that on your tomatoes, it's the first group of tomatoes, just cut it off, eat the tomato. It's not a big deal. It's like a black rotted part at the bottom of your tomato. But then what you want to do is as your tomato is growing, once you see the first blossom, uh, I'm going to say like levels of leaves from the bottom are called scaffolds. So under that blossom ledge where you see the tomatoes on that on that row of, of leaves, you want to go down and you can take the, everything else to the ground off. They will never blossom. They will only vector diseases up to your tomatoes. And you want to make sure you have mulch around your tomatoes so that when the rain splashes, it doesn't, splashes, doesn't splash disease onto your tomatoes. Your, uh, go ahead. Okay. And then as tomato is growing, um, it will put out a branch. And then between the branch and the stem of the tomato, it will have a little another tomato branch coming out called a sucker. You want to pinch those off. If you're growing uh, cherry tomatoes, you don't normally have to do that. But if you're growing the bigger tomatoes, romas, or regular slicing tomatoes or eating tomatoes, you want to cut those out. Just pinch them out when they're little. They're, they usually aren't going to blossom. And they just kind of make too much too much shade for the other flowers to grow. So that's what you want to do. And you just want to keep making sure that you're growing your tomatoes up a, up a rope. Um, that staking them, that they're not laying on the ground because then slugs and all kinds of critters can get your tomatoes first. Those are some of the things that you can do when you're when you're uh, growing tomatoes. And I would imagine, Teresa, that uh, folks that maybe who have never uh, jumped on the uh, U of M website, there's more information about uh, growing tomatoes on extension.umn.edu. Exactly. You can find a wealth of information over there on how to grow anything that you want to grow in Minnesota. Excellent. All right. Uh, we'll be mentioning that of certainly like we always do. 651-461-9226. Any kind of a lawn or garden question you may have for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. We always do. 651-461-9226. Any kind of a lawn or garden question you may have for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney this morning. Looking at the text messages, uh, Teresa, let me look here. Uh, good morning. This one says, I have an indoor Diffenbachia potted plant and wondered if I can cut a section off and replant it in another pot. You can. You can do that. You can also air layer it where you would just make a cut in the in the stem. You would uh, then around it, pack some uh, sphagnum moss that's damp, and then just kind of wrap it with a little uh, cellophane or handy wrap. And then it will actually root at that area, and then you can cut it off. And then the, what's left in the pot will also then sprout too for you. So, yes, you can cut your Diefenbachia back like that. All right. This texter says this, first time growing white radishes in my raised garden. Plants are tall with white and lavender colored flowers. Should I be cutting some of the tops? Well, I would harvest your radishes, look and see what you pull up one. You're going to see that it's either got a radish on it or it's just got a big thick root. Radishes don't like heat. If they've gone to flower, they've probably stopped bulbing out if they ever did. And it's too late now. You could pull those up, 
what they're doing underneath. I'm pretty sure that your crop is either finished or it never bulbed out for you. It never ratched out for you. Um, those flowers up top, or you can leave the flowers there and let them go to seed and collect the seeds and then plant radishes again when it's a little cooler, maybe toward the end of August. Okay. Here's a listener from the Brainerd, Minnesota area looking to plant some marigold seeds for next year's bloom. Is it too late this year? Um, okay, so for marigolds, those are annuals. They don't survive over winter. So if you plant them now, they will grow, they will bloom now, but then in the frost, they will die. You can, however, collect the seeds from the plants you're growing now and plant them again next year. So you're not going to plant them for next year's flowers. You can save the seeds or you can get flowers this year from them. Okay. We'll take a quick break here, Teresa, reminding our listeners if you'd like to call in your question and chat with Teresa, great. Otherwise, just send Teresa your text message. Either one, here's the number, 651-461-9226. We're going to bring back more Lawn and Garden Talk this morning here on News Talk 830 WCC. I was looking at the temperature reading. We moved to 71 degrees now. Still a few showers and thunderstorms to occur here in the Twin Cities, probably till a little after lunch or so. Expected high near 82 today, but a nice day tomorrow. Sunshine near 74 tomorrow. Stay with us on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here along with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your lawn and garden questions this morning, either by phone or by text. Here's our number to do that, to do either, 651-461-9226. Teresa, let's grab a phone call from uh, Mark, who's on the line uh, calling in from uh, Shoreview this morning. Mark, you're on CCO with Teresa. What's your question, please? Yeah, good morning. Uh, I have a two-year-old geranium in a container. Uh, so it's been overwintered twice. Uh, last year, it came back beautifully and flowered. This year, uh, it was very late to leaf out, and it hasn't had a single blossom. Is it dead? Did I kill it? Mark, you didn't kill it. It's okay. Make sure that you're giving it fertilizer. I'm not sure if you fertilized it. If it was in the same pot, it might just need a little bit of uh, compost, a little bit of fertilizer that'll help. Geraniums are pretty heavy feeders. We had a long, cool spring, so it just needs this heat that we're having and bright sun, and it should flower for you just fine. So keep watering it, keep it in the bright sun as you have it, and uh, give it a little fertilizer, whether it's a water-soluble one or a time-release one, whatever you want to use, or a granular, however you want to use that. I would. That's what I would do. It'll be just fine as long as it's leafed out. You have not killed it. Congratulations on two-year-old geraniums. Excellent. Here's something I can relate to. Texture says, I accidentally dumped my uh, lawn spreader full of fertilizer. I now have a dead spot where it fell to the soil. How do I fix that? Wow, that's that's a tough one. What I would try to do is scrape up the topsoil, unless this has gone through a rain or two, then I would just water, water, water as much as you can in that area. Maybe add a little bit of compost, a little bit of topsoil to that area, 
and then try planting grass seed again. What you've basically done is have a fertilizer burn, and, and you know that's a tough thing because everything's dead there. But if you can just scrape up as much of the fertilizer as you can and as much as a little bit of the topsoil in case something leached in before you could get to it. But if it's gone through a couple of rains, it's already leached in. I'm sure you scraped up everything you could. So just drench it again a few more times and then just uh, some more topsoil, a little bit of compost, and then just replant grass seed in there. It's kind of hot now, but you can dry it. Maybe use one of those mats uh, that have the grass seed impregnated into it, uh, the mulch that has the mulch in there that will help it uh, grow a little bit in the heat. And good luck to you. Yeah, very good. Uh, this listener wants to know, what do you do with iris after they have bloomed? Uh, all you have to do is cut down the flower stalk all the way as far as you can, and then just keep watering your iris if it needs it. They are heavy feeders, so now would be a good time to give them a top dressing of a little bit of compost or give them a little garden fertilizer. That'll be fine. You don't have to do anything else. Once all of the leaves die back in the fall from the frost, clip those leaves out, clean up everything nice and well so it's almost bare ground around there. And you should be just fine. If you want to divide your iris, you would do that in August. But once they flower, they're just going to be green, broad leaves, broad grass-like leaves for the rest of the season for you. Okay. Back to the phones. We go Teresa. Jerry is calling in from St. Paul this morning. Thanks, Jerry. What's your question for Teresa? I have a question about my evergreens. They're very old. They uh, shape beautifully, and I hired someone to do it this year to trim them because they've got that, that lime green on the tips of them. Uh, unfortunately, I think they're too late to do that now. If you trip, would trim all that off, I'm afraid it's it's, it's all just uh, branches inside. They're quite bare. I don't know when is a good time to trim them. Uh, do you know what kind of evergreens these are, Jerry? Are they used? I really are don't. They... Okay. Um, all right. Yeah, they're short, so, short needle, and they're they're up, like shaped in a ball. They're they're okay. And are they in the shade mostly for you? Uh, well, it's sunny, sunny in the morning, but otherwise it's shade. Okay. And are the needles flat or are they round and pokey? No, they're flat. They're flat. Okay, so those are probably used. Um, you normally do trim them. They can they can take shearing very well, which is what it sounds like you're doing there. Uh, you normally do trim them as soon as you see the new growth, the bright green new growth. Then you can trim that back or trim it to shape. Um, when you do, you can do a light pruning now, a light trimming now. Uh, the last time you would want to trim your ewes would be the 1st of August. Just trim them to shape as best as you can now. Um, sometimes they do have growing points further in where it looks like it's dead, but those growing points aren't activated because the outside is so dense, sunlight never gets in there. So if you want to open up a few little pockets so that sunlight can get in and maybe start some of those growing points over again. Otherwise, by shearing all the time in tight little balls, that is what happens. They do die off in the center, and then you just get a slim little bit of evergreen on the outside. That's what happens when you shear evergreens into tight formations like that. So those are kind of your options. You can do just some shearing to shape now would be just fine. Uh, and if you cut back to the dead, it may or may not come back, or the brown parts, it may or may not activate any growing points if they're still active in there. You just have to do a trial and error. Good okay. luck with your evergreens there. 
Another lawn question, Teresa. This texture says, I'm wondering if it is better to let the lawn go dormant in this excessive heat or how much watering should be done if we do water. Okay, that's a really good question. So extension.umn.edu does have some articles on that, how to judge. Now, right now, this is warm weather, but it's not super hot, long days like we have in August because we're getting a little bit of rain that helps. Your lawn would like about an inch of water a week. So if between you and Mother Nature, you can do that, that's okay. If you want to, it's a little early to stop watering now and hope that the water keeps coming. I would I would probably continue to water if needed. Remember to grow your grass higher so that when maybe it gets up to five or six inches and you cut it down to four Uh, You only want to take about a third of it off at a time. That will be helpful. And then don't be fertilizing it now. Uh, Don't, you know, things like that. That could probably put some extra stress on it. But I would probably continue to water. June is really too early, I think, to let it go dormant unless you know something I don't know and it's going to get that one inch of water a week for the rest of the summer. So, But I would definitely go over to the Extension website for some more in-depth response to your question. Good luck with your lawn. All right. Let's do this, Teresa. Let's have a look at that forecast and uh, more show to come. So if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, call or text at 651-461-9226. We'll have a look at that uh, forecast coming up here in just a moment here. News Talk 830. This is WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. We are here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to good folks like Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your questions this morning, your lawn and garden questions, either by phone or by text, 651-461-9226, or either a phone call to Teresa or a text question. Before we get back to the phones, Teresa, let's, uh, we always like to mention the Arboretum any time of the year is great, to, but it's so much fun this time of year to head to the Arboretum. It's so much fun. And, Denny, did you know that there's all kinds of wild animals out there? You don't mean the customers. You mean actual wild animals. No, There are dragon heads, cow parsnips, bloody cranebill, foxgloves, goat spears, anemones, and spiderworts. Okay, <laughs> they're not animals. They're flowers. But there's all kinds of wonderful flowers blooming out at the Arboretum. And one of the most special is the showy later slipper. That's blooming now, too. Well, you know, one of the many things I like about the Arboretum is if if you're planning on various things, if you want to, you know, grow tr- certain kind of trees or shrubs or whatever in your yard, but you want to see how they look uh, in all their glory, that's a great place to kind of do some research, right? It really is. Even if you want to see pretty annuals out there or if you're growing vegetables for the first time or fruit trees, if you want to learn how to how to what an espaliate fruit tree is, the home demonstration gardens are amazing. They make the vegetable gardens look so beautiful and you can see what an espaliate fruit tree looks like how it grows. Uh, It's just different things that maybe you didn't think of your vegetable garden could be absolutely gorgeous, but it could. Uh, But yeah, the the Arboretum, it's just a treasure. It is just a treasure. So please go out there and visit. You do have to make reservations. Uh, But yes, go out there and visit. Yeah, go online. 
University of Minnesota Landscape Arboretum, the ARB. And I think Master Gardeners are out there now, too. So they might be in the in the main building. You might be able to find them at the Ascot Master Gardener table. Excellent. Something else. Another attraction. All right. Back to the phones. We go, Teresa. I think Ken is first up here calling in from uh, Blaine, Minnesota. Ken, uh, you're on with Teresa. Good morning. Um, I have a question. Uh, do you have any ideas on how uh, to control trumpet, trumpet vine? Uh, they spread very quickly. <laughs> It, it, they do. They do. So there's, there's. Um, I guess what you have to do is where they aren't, you just have to dig them out or cut them down. If they're spreading via rhizomes underground with roots, you can do a root pruning of your trumpet vine. So you would take your spade, maybe go out two or three or four feet away from the trumpet vine and just cut straight down to the soil to cut some of those those vines, those roots. It's going to keep spreading. That's just what the trumpet vine does. And then it also does have seeds, which may also spread in your yard. It's a beautiful plant. It's a fast-growing vine. It needs a really heavy support system. Um, But you just have to whack it back is what you have to do. And and just keep mowing over those sprouts that come up in your yard. And just keep hand-pulling or um, uh, weeding the ones that you find that are in your garden where you don't want them. That's the best way. And in the spring or uh, late winter, you can cut it way back, and that will slow it down a little bit, but it won't really slow it down that much. But uh, good luck with the trumpet vine, Ken, because it, it can be a beast out there, but it's a beautiful plant. It does have the big yellow trumpets that the, that the hummingbirds love. Good luck with that, Ken. Teresa, this listener says, if I'm expecting a lot of traffic on my grass because of a roofing project, is it better to leave the grass long or cut it short? Good question. Hmm. If it's a, you know, if it's the roofing projects usually go pretty quickly. So it's not like a big construction project where you're going to have heavy stuff going on it. So that's okay. I would, um, I would probably leave the grass a little long. It'll give it a little cushiness. Uh, that'll just protect it a little bit. You could also just um, lay uh, blankets or uh, burlap or even just to put a bunch of mulch over it for a little bit if the tra- if the guys are going to be there a few days walking back and forth. Or if they're going to be walking in one certain area, you could just lay some boards and ask them to walk on the boards if, if that makes any sense for them. I mean, you don't want to make their jobs harder than it already is, but if it makes sense that this is the path they're going to be on but there's no path there, you could actually lay down some boards for them to walk on and that would cushion your grass a little bit for a little while otherwise just give it a really good drink of water say two or three days before Um, let it get a little bit higher Uh, not too much because you're going to have to mow it but just I wouldn't cut it down I would let it have the long blades as much as possible and then just uh, give it a good drink of water once they're gone to, to to just help it revive a little bit. Good luck with the roofing project, and you're yeah. on. Makes sense. All right, back to the phones. Let's uh, grab a call from Jack, who's calling in from uh, Jenkins uh, this morning. Uh, Jack, thank you for waiting. Jack, what, what's your question for Teresa? Well, I have two questions. They're nice and short. We have beautiful lupines, and we are wondering if it is okay to deadhead these if they will keep reblooming. And also, first-year okay. honeysuckle bloomed but now it doesn't seem to bloom anymore. Does this have to get more established? Thank you. Okay. 
Okay, um, Jack, uh, good good that you have lupines. That those are so beautiful. Um, they will not rebloom for you if you deadhead them. They're a one-time bloomer, uh, as most of our as many of our perennials are. So you can just enjoy the seed heads, or you can deadhead them if you want. You could even save the seeds and or let them self-sow in the area. As for the honeysuckle, it probably does just need a little more time establishing. And when plants bloom. Sometimes it just takes a little while for them to get energy to bloom again. So just just keep watering it if needed. And if you want to give it a little fertilizer, that's okay. A little 10-10-10 or, or a little granular fertilizer or a little top dressing of compost. And just be gentle with the plant for the first year. Um, it, it's just a baby still, so to speak. But it, it may bloom again for you this year, but it just doesn't have as much energy. And next year, it'll probably be more vigorous for you. Good luck with those, Jack. Teresa, this listener says, thank you for all the great info. I have a 20-year-old dwarf decorative crabapple tree. Lots of smaller branches are dead. Should I be worried? Um, Probably not. I would uh, trim off all the dead stuff. That will really help uh, give your tree some, some, it won't look as bad when you look at it. And just, just look at it. Is the trunk okay? Does the trunk have any big cracks or anything like that? Do you see any fungus growing on branches that may be dead or alive? Um, if it leafed out every year, just fine. If it blooms every year, just fine. It's just those branches just need to be cleaned up in there. Clean those branches up. If you need to, get an arborist out to look at your tree. Um, fruit trees often have limited lifespan because they put so much energy into the fruit and the flowering. So their lifespan is a little less and they're so susceptible to many diseases and insects. Uh, but if you're not seeing leaf dropping uh, from apple scale, if you're not seeing big big branches falling off, if, if you're seeing it leaf out and flower every year, I just think those little branches probably just need to be cleaned up and it's just a normal normal thing for your tree. Good luck okay. with your with your little crab apple. Let's get another phone call in here. Earl is calling in from uh, Roseville this morning. Uh, Earl, you're on CCO with Teresa Rooney. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I have an informal uh, potentilia hedge along my driveway that I planted about 35 years ago. It's probably got about 15 uh, uh, plants in it, and it's done very well over the years. Uh, This year, however, when it uh, blossomed in mid-June, the blossoms are much smaller than they uh, used to be. Uh, I didn't know what, the foliage looks good. I didn't know what's uh, the, the problem, if any. I did throw a little fertilizer on it just because I didn't know what else to do. (laughs) Earl, I think you did the right thing there. Last year was really hard on the plants. It was a drought year. It was really kind of hot. And some of these these days now that we're getting, uh, the long cool springs and then sudden hot weather, it's just harder on plants. So the flowers might have been a little smaller this year, I'm sure. But if it's leafed out fine, I wouldn't worry about them. You did the right thing. You gave it a little bit of fertilizer. Uh, it could be that it just, that's all it needs. They're usually pretty hardy plants, those potentillas, so they're really hardy. Um, so I, I think you have a good good plant for that location. If it's lasted that long, you're doing everything right because it's lasted that long. You went with your instincts, which I think were right. And I would just keep making sure that it does get the water it needs this year. Just kind of kind of treat it a little gently this year. And 
it's, you should be good to go for next year. Good luck with your Potentilla Earl. Tell you what, let's do this. I know we have to break momentarily, but I want to grab another phone call before we do so we don't keep folks waiting. Joyce is on the horn calling in from Stillwater this morning. Joyce, what is your question, please? Yes, uh, Teresa, my granddaughter lives in Stillwater, and in her backyard watching them the other day, she has all these carpenter ants, and at the base of the tree, it's a huge tree, is all kinds of ground up, looks like wood, but Mm -hmm. carpenter ants, what do you do with them? Well, there's what what the carpenter ants are telling you is that there's some decay in the tree already. So I would have a certified arborist look at that tree, especially if it's in the backyard surrounded by children and or homes or cars or garages. You don't want the tree to suddenly snap in a wind a windstorm or something. I definitely would have the arborist look at the tree. I'm not sure if if you know what kind of tree it is or if they will, but have them look at it. Carpenter ants don't normally go for healthy trees. They look for what kind of tree it is or if they will, but have them look at it. Carpenter ants don't normally go for healthy trees. They look for wood that's kind of rotty, kind of damp. And what you're seeing there is what they've what they've carpent what they've uh, dug out of the tree. You're seeing actual sawdust from the tree is what you're seeing at the bottom there. So they are hollowing out that tree. It's not their fault. They didn't hurt the tree, but the tree has something going on that they're taking advantage of. So they're filling that space to, to help finish whatever is working on that tree. So definitely, Joyce, I would have a certified arborist with that tree and address the concerns that they're seeing. And that's very good that they saw the carpenter ants and then can look at what's going on. And that these arborists will probably have something that they want to do if they want to treat the tree or or if they need to say it has to come down. But that's what I would do. Good luck with their with your tree down in Stillwater for your granddaughter or daughter. All right. Uh, we expect a high. We're going to take a quick break here, Teresa. Uh, uh, high today near 82. Still a chance of showers till about midday or so. 82 today, but I'm looking at the forecast for your Sunday tomorrow. Beautiful day. Sunny near 74 tomorrow. Right now it's overcast. Could still be raining where you are. CCO temperature reading 71. Hi, good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO. Every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, welcoming your phone calls or text messages via 651-461-9226. Denny Long here, along with uh, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Teresa, remaining minutes here of the show. Let's see how many folks we can help out. Uh, here's a, a listener's question about uh, uh, baby bok choy leaves are riddled with holes. How can I prevent that damage? So when you plant your bok choy, as soon as you plant your seeds, you want to put a floating row cover over it or some kind of uh, uh, um, mesh so the insects can't get through to get the, to the bok choy. And then and your crop, because it doesn't need to be pollinated, you can keep that on until you actually harvest the next group of choy. Okay. This listener wants to know, how do I get rid of white fly on my burning bush? 
You can uh, spray it with soapy water. Well, it's really hard to spray it with soapy water because they're flying. Uh, you could put out sticky traps. So yellow, yellow sticky traps might attract the white fly. Otherwise, normally the white fly will go away and insects will eat it. So that normally takes care of itself if you can give it time to do that. We started talking, Teresa, as you know, about tomatoes, growing tomatoes in the, the start of the show. A couple of related questions. Uh, tell us more. Uh, Texter says about string, uh, string trellising tomatoes. Is it better than cages? Is that certain types of tomatoes? It's um, Well, you'd want to use it on indeterminate tomatoes uh, and probably not on your cherry tomatoes. Uh, so you would use it on indeterminate means they keep growing taller and taller all season long. They just keep growing. Uh, cages get only so tall. The string, you can actually um, let them grow up the string. And then if you have an air, a way to drop some of the string down and add more string at the top. They just kind of sort of lean over a little bit so they can still keep growing. Uh, it's totally up to you. However, if you want to grow your tomatoes, just try to keep them off the ground. That's the most important thing I would suggest. Get them up in the air where there's a lot of good air circulation, where the bumblebees can find them. Um, they don't need the bumblebees for pollination, but it certainly helps. And, uh, that will be the best. It's just the cages have only a limited height. That's sometimes the problem that people run into. Okay. Another related tomato question. Uh, do you know why I have healthy, listener says, looking healthy-looking tomato plants, but there are few blossoms? It's It could be early to your tomato. If you have a, a tomato that crops later, so look at the tag and see how many days it is for the to harvest. It'll tell you. Uh, lots of the tomatoes uh, might just, there might not have been enough warmth or there's now suddenly too much. Uh, it just takes the tomatoes a little while. Uh, some people are getting tomatoes, but really it's still pretty early for the home gardener to be getting tomatoes. Most of our tomatoes are, are in a week or two or three weeks from now before we start seeing the earliest of the tomatoes. So um, so I would I would just be patient and just make sure as long as, and, and also don't be fertilizing your tomatoes with a fertilizer that has a high first number. That's a nitrogen fertilizer and that grows for leaves and you don't want to have a super amount of leaves in comparison to your tomatoes. You, you want your high nitrogen fertilizer on your grass because you're growing it for leaves. But your tomatoes, you're growing for fruit. So if you're putting down fertilizer, make sure it's a fertilizer that has either a, a, a 10, 10, 10, so it's even, or the second and third numbers may be a little bit higher than the first number. Okay, a couple of minutes to go on the show, Teresa. Here's one that says, how, how much should I trim uh, my beets plants or thin them? Oh, thin them. So if you're growing them for the greens, you don't have to thin them. Just keep picking the greens and that will thin itself. If you're growing them for the beetroot itself, think about how big you want those beets to be. And then you want the spaces that big between so that the, the beets won't touch each other when they're full grown. If you can picture that in your eye from above, that will tell you. So probably about two to three inches per per beet that you should have a bead every two to three inches, if that gives you an idea. Okay, about a minute to go here. Let's see, is it uh, is it a good time to relocate peonies? No, peonies should be uh, relocated and transplanted in August. 
Okay, maybe one more here. My rhubarb grows way too big, but barely turns red, so we don't get to harvest it when it's young. How do I stunt the growth and get it to turn red? It also gets big seed pods very early on. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> You're not doing anything wrong. Your, your rhubarb just isn't a red rhubarb. It just it tastes the same as the red rhubarb. Uh, so just go ahead and harvest when you when you see it up there, it's nice and big and harvested. Uh, it probably will never turn red. It's not a red rhubarb. It's one that's a, a variety that's a little green. Uh, the seed heads, when you see them, just break them off. Uh, it's just lots of the t- lots of the rhubarbs um, go to seed early if it's kind of hot in the spring. They may go to seed. They may bolt early. As we head out of here and make way for the Home Improvement Show, Teresa, thanks so much for all your help. And let's make sure that folks uh, get on the University of Minnesota website, extension.umn.edu. You're going to see what Teresa and I were talking about today. Great resource. And get to the Arboretum, right? Get to the Arboretum and see all those crazy animals I mentioned. (laughs) That's right. Teresa, always a pleasure. We're going to talk next week, I do believe. We'll talk next week. I'll see you then. It's been a pleasure to speak with you today. Thank you so much. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Yeah, get those home improvement questions ready for Andy Lindis next hour here on CCO. We expect uh, highs near 82 degrees in the Twin Cities right now. It's 71. Stay with it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.